Heavenly Father, your son is fairer than all. And Father, we thank you, Lord, that you have revealed him to us. And you've given us salvation through him. And Father, may we never lose the wonder of our Savior, the beauty of our Savior, and your beauty and wonder, Lord. Because it's so easy, Lord, in this life, Lord, to get wrapped up in the mundane things of life that we forget to look back and look up and to see your glorious attributes. Father, we ask now your blessing upon our time in the Word. We thank you for what you will say. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, if you'll take your Bibles with me at this time, let's turn to the book of Proverbs. The book of Proverbs, and let's go to chapter 1 just for a quick review. Yeah, Proverbs chapter 1, we've started a series on the the book of Proverbs. And um, I think our first lesson was about two months ago. We finally arrived at the second lesson. It seems that long, doesn't it? Uh, We had to keep canceling and canceling, but uh, I was looking forward to this, that we would begin to continue our study here in this amazingly practical book that uh, God has given us. And uh, as you recall, when we first, again, uh, began our series here, uh, we looked at the first few verses. But look with me at at verses 1 through 7. I'm going to read this. uh, Let's read this together. The Proverbs of Solomon, the son of David, king of Israel. To know wisdom and instruction, to discern the sayings of understanding to receive instruction in wise behavior, righteousness, justice, and equity, to give prudence to the naive, to the youth, knowledge, and discretion. A wise man will hear and increase in learning, and a man of understanding will acquire wisdom. To understand a proverb and a figure, the words of the wise and their riddles. And then we focused on verse 7. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Fools despise wisdom and instruction. And I like, let's just read verse 8, because I like what what 8 says, because this tells us, again, who Solomon is writing to. Verse 8, Hear, my son, your father's instructions. Do not forsake your mother's teachings. You see, he was writing to his son. And how wonderful it is, you know, we do see uh, the, the godliness of David, though he fell and, uh, you know, and sinned, yet he was a man after God's own heart. And so we see that David was concerned with teaching his children the ways of the Lord and to walk humbly before God. And we can see the impact it had on Solomon because when it came time for Solomon to become king, you recall we we discussed that as well, that God said, what do you wish for? I'll give you anything you want. You know, you name it. 
And what did he choose? He chose wisdom, of course. And the only way he would choose that is because of what his father instilled in him. And many of you are sitting here because of what your parents instilled in you. I know some of you can't say that. It wasn't your parents, but it, maybe it was someone else. Maybe it was someone else in your life who uh, was instrumental, God used, to bring it to the Lord, to teach you the ways of the Lord, to teach you in God's Word. Maybe it was a Sunday school teacher or a pastor. And now you are where you are today, and you're sitting here because of that. Well, Solomon was, was desiring his son to grow up to be wise. And so as we look at the book of Proverbs... It's full of all kinds of uh, practical truths. Uh, And so I thought the best way to really study the book together on Sunday nights is to do it in a topical way. Uh, This seems to be the, the best way because all the verses, all the instruction is kind of mixed up here and there. And so I thought what we're going to do is each Sunday we're going to take a topic that is found in Proverbs, verses that relate to it, and gain wisdom and understanding concerning that specific subject. And so tonight, our first subject we are going to look at is one that we none of us really have a problem with. It's called anger. Now, I'm sure none of you have ever had a problem with anger, right? Oh, my. Every single one of us. And look at, you know, you look back and, and you're probably thinking right now, oh, oh, why did I come tonight? You know, that's the one subject I wouldn't want to discuss because uh, I'm going to start feeling guilty. But, you know, we've all had to deal with this because it is a human trait that God gave man. And so it is part of our nature. But anger, as we'll find out too, is not, not evil in and of itself. For we'll see that God gets angry. Uh, you know, and uh, here Solomon sees fit to speak to his son about the need to control anger. And so we'll see that throughout. We're going to jump around in Proverbs here. So Solomon sits down with his son and explains to him the effects of, of uncontrolled anger when it is not under control. <clears throat> and then he gives practical advice that we'll see on how to restrain our anger. And of course, with the help, it's with the help of the Holy Spirit. But let's turn now to our first passage, Proverbs 14. So let's go over to Proverbs 14 together, verse 16. Proverbs 14, 16 and 17. Solomon says to his son, A wise man is cautious and turns away from evil, but a fool is arrogant and careless. And then verse 17, a quick-tempered man acts foolishly, and a man of evil devises, uh, a a man of evil 
devices is hatred. So notice there's, he is talking to a son about a, the foolish acts of a quick-tempered man. And this is where much of, of Solomon and the rest of Scripture focus upon. Not always just uh, never be angry, but God is concerned with us tempering our anger and being slow to anger. And that's what he's talking about here. A quick-tempered man acts foolishly. <coughs> Excuse me. How many times, uh, do you remember the last time that uh, anger got the best of you? I can think of a time and you just, you know, it, it got to you. You didn't control it and you, you let it out. And then afterwards you saw the consequences. We see the consequences of what takes place, whether it be at work, we blow our stack quickly, or at home. Oh, it seems like home is the worst. It has is the most difficult place, isn't it? To to uh, slow down our anger. It's it, it, it's just a, a fact, especially with those those we love. And Solomon is telling his son here. He's he's saying, understand this: that a person who loses his temper so quickly, like in a split second, he acts foolishly. And then that can also turn to hatred. It can turn to hatred. And now I'll drop down to verse 29. Look at verse 29. Solomon then says, He who is slow to anger has great understanding, but he who is quick-tempered exalts folly. So, here again, Solomon is reinforcing this in his son. Now he's basically telling his son, son, if you are slow to anger, uh, you will have great understanding in your life. And have you ever been in a situation where you learned after you blew, you blew up and you didn't control that anger over a situation or someone or someone rubbed you the wrong way or whether it's a family member or someone else that uh, there was a conflict. And, and again, you learn from that. And then you realize, okay, next time um, I've got to handle this in a different way. And we learn that fast in our marriages, don't we? Those of us who are married, you know what that's like. That uh, um, we, know how to, we know how to push our spouse's buttons, don't we? We know exactly what to say in an argument or disagreement that might cause them to get angry and blow their top. And so this is so crucial for us. Solomon is, God is trying to speak through Solomon to his son and to us the importance of being slow to anger, slow to anger. And what else does this anger do? Uncontrolled anger. Well, turn with me now to Proverbs 15, 18. So slide over to the next chapter. Chapter 15, verse 18. A hot-tempered man stirs up strife, but the slow to anger pacifies contention. 
But the slow to anger pacifies contention. Have you ever been in a, in a situation where, you know, you've got angry and you let the person know it and the other person basically doesn't respond the same way? Maybe it's your wife, your husband, or someone else, and suddenly you, you and I would lose our, our, our cool, you know, and quick, we're quick-tempered, and suddenly we, we, we just try and defend ourselves, and all, you know, because we think we're right. And we say it the wrong way, we say it loud, and we say it angrily, maybe hurtful, and then all of a sudden our spouse or the other person, if they are a believer, they, they respond in a spirit-controlled manner. And suddenly you're waiting for them to, to punch you back. But what do they do? They will suddenly, they, they'll just be quiet and then they'll, they'll try. Now, there's, of course, the silent treatment that makes you even angrier. You know, okay, go, and you keep talking, and they won't say a word. And that, that can stir things up. But, but it, he, Solomon is saying here how important it is to be slow to anger because what is a man who, who, or woman who loses their temper? They stir up strife. They stir up strife. And that happens in a church, too. That, uh, you know, we're, we're brothers and sisters in Christ, but it, uh, there have been times, you know, over the years where you may not have gotten along with someone in the church, and uh, and over the years, uh, I've had to kind of be the mediator between some of those situations, where you know two people had a falling out and they were angry at each other, and they 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 let them know, and how how sad it is when we allow Satan to get a foothold in our lives using our anger to turn it into temper. And, uh, and that temper stirs up the strife in the body of Christ, and then our hearts are never at peace. But someone who is just doesn't, who, who is wise with their, in controlling their emotions and controlling their anger, what happens? They are the ones that you, we will find pacify the situation. And suddenly things calm down when you have that peacemaker. And that's what God is looking for us to be, peacemakers in our homes, in our work, in our schools, in the church. And now turn to Proverbs uh, 29.22. Let's go over to Proverbs 29, verse 22. Same thing. Here he says it again. An angry man stirs up what? Strife. There it is again. And a hot-tempered man abounds in transgression. What is he, Solomon saying by that? He's basically saying, if I don't care if I lose my temper in my life and in my daily routine. If someone, you know, I walk around with a chip on my shoulder, if my wife from kids or somebody's going to knock it off, man, I'm ready to blast them. What, is, what does he say here? 
He says that the hot-tempered man abounds in transgression. In other words, he abounds in sin. And I've got to understand when I come before the Lord, I've got to understand that when I have uncontrolled anger or I, 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 I turn my, my anger, uh, you know, is like I, I'm, I have a short fuse and I, I let it go and I shouldn't have done that and I have no self-control, then what does that do? That, will, that is a sin right then and there. And that can lead to other sins like bitterness, resentment, and things, things that are going to compound one another. Oh, how I need to, to say, Lord, help me, Lord, with my anger. And then I want you to see this one. <coughs> Excuse me. <coughs> That's just, uh, I get this uh, dryness in my throat here, but... Proverbs 30, so the next chapter, 30, 33. So turn there. Proverbs 30, 33. Now Solomon says, For the churning of milk produces butter, and pressing the nose brings forth blood. Ooh, how, what a beautiful picture. So the churning of anger produces strife there he says it again so here basically solomon is using a simple illustration of cause and effect the churning of milk right produces butter and then uh their pressing the nose brings forth blood <laughs> whose nose have you pressed lately you know, sometimes you, the, the kids will do that, right? They'll grab their brother or sister's nose and twist it. Ow, oh, mom, dad, and then the blood comes forth. But basically he's saying it's a cause and effect. And so he says, if you have churning anger, right? And it's just, and, and inside of us, it just churns and it's ready to blow like a volcano. It's going to produce strife. There's not going to be, there's not going to be any unity in in our relationships no unity in our relationships and if we don't have that self-control it can lead to all kinds of other other problems and now i want you to look at this one proverbs 22 go back to proverbs 22 24 proverbs 22 verse 24 and 25 now here is now here's one that's really going to say wow, you know, you sit and go, really? But look what Solomon says, the wisest man who ever lived other than Jesus Christ and this wisdom was given by God, this is God's word. Solomon says, "Do not associate with a man given to anger or go with a hot-tempered man." Verse 25, lest you learn his ways and find a snare for yourself. Do you recall times growing up in your life where you had a friend, a buddy, maybe, uh, who, who uh, that, that kind of, they were the hot-tempered one. You were more the calm one, but they were the hot-tempered one, and you hung around them, right? 
And so when trouble came up and problems came up, and maybe back in school, you know, think back in school. Did you have any guys that were ready to, ready to fight? Didn't take long, just, you know, and, but you hung out with them, hung out with guys that, that you know, were hot-tempered. What, did you ever notice what can begin to happen when you hang around someone long enough? You begin to take on their traits. And if you hang around the right, the people that are, have self-control and are controlling their anger, you, we will learn from them and many times grow to be like them. But if, if we're around the one that is continually losing their temper, it's so easy for us to become, that, that just becomes ingrained in us and, and suddenly we become like them. That's what Solomon is trying to say. So he's saying, if the person you know is, is just flying off the handle all the time, then just don't associate with them. You know, just wait until they get control of themselves. But it's only going to lead a snare to you so that one day you're going to say, you know, you're going to feel, well, he, he did it. And, and then you, it becomes natural to us. You know, there are reasons to control our anger and uh, one is it, it, it shows strength, the strength of the Lord in us, that our strength of character. Now turn to Proverbs chapter 16, verse 20. Uh, I'm sorry, 16, verse 32. Go to Proverbs 16, 32. <clears throat> Look at the strength if we are slow in our anger. Solomon says, He who is slow to anger is better than the mighty. And he who rules his spirit is better than he who captures a city. Talk about strength. There it is. Solomon is saying, If you are like if you are this kind of an individual, you are slow to anger, you will be the most mighty because you're strong in your spirit. You won't let things push you over the edge. And so many times uh, you'll find that if, if we control our anger and those outbursts, we will suddenly find strength in us so that the next time, the more we learn with the power of the Holy Spirit working in us to control our anger and our quick-temperedness and outbursts, that the next time can actually be easier because we build on that until it becomes natural. Uh, we get to a place where, where we, it, it becomes a, a habitual in our life in controlling our, our anger. So uh, I, I want us now, we've seen all these passages in Proverbs that Solomon is sharing with his son, but I now want to connect us to, in wrapping this up, to a, a number of truths found in the New Testament, okay? And uh, one is Ephesians chapter 4. So if you'll go with me to Ephesians chapter 4, the Apostle Paul talks to the church here about this very thing. 
Ephesians 4.26. And here is an, that interesting statement here in, in uh, verse 26. This is also, this is a really a quote from Psalm 4.4. Okay, so David said this. But now Paul uses it and quotes it. Verse 26 of Ephesians 4. Be angry and yet do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your anger or wrath. And do not give the devil an opportunity. This, this really, these, these two verses really give us insight on anger. And the whole thing, and the whole subject, really. What does he say first in verse 26? He says, be angry. Wait a minute, wait a minute. I thought that what we were looking at in in Proverbs and, you know, that that basically it's it's a sin to get angry. Is that true? No, it's not. Some people think, well, that's what the Bible says. You can never be angry. No. Actually, Paul's saying there are times in our life where anger is good. And we must remember that. That God doesn't want us to do away with the emotion of anger. That's impossible. But it is the ability to control it and to channel it in the right directions for, for a righteous purpose. So he says, go ahead and be angry, but when you get angry, make sure that your anger isn't sin. And and then he says, do not let the sun go down on your anger. And do not give the devil an opportunity. So basically, when he says, do not let the sun go down on your anger, what, what does he mean there? He means... Don't go to sleep really mad. Don't go to sleep. Don't, don't let the sun go down and try and sleep with, with uh, this, this anger maybe that you had and you carried it all day and you've got this wrath and, and you, you want to get even with somebody and, and that anger has turned to bitterness and, and you just can't let it go. And then we get to a place where we can't forgive somebody and be, for what they've done to us. And so we try and sleep. What happens? Toss, turn, can't sleep, get up, walk around. What's the problem? The problem is I can't have a a peaceful sleep because I don't have peace in my mind and in my heart concerning the situation because I've allowed that anger to take control of me and so that the sun is going down on my anger that I have not dealt with. And that anger has then turned to sin. And there, that's why he says, don't give the devil an opportunity. Because all the devil needs to get a foothold in our life and to get us in, uh, to, to disobey God and, and to walk outside of his will is if he can get us to have an angry heart towards somebody. The wrong kind of anger towards somebody for what they've done to us. Maybe they deserve our anger. But that still doesn't give us the right to hold the anger against them and to say, I've got to get even with them. And we know that 
that the Lord Jesus, he himself got, you know, we know that he got angry. Remember when he went to the temple? And he, what did Jesus do? He went to the house, his, his father's house, and he basically uh, saw the, the, those that were thieves, a den of thieves, and those that were, that were cheating people by ch- money changers, and they were cheating people in the temple, in God's house, as they were changing money and selling stuff, and, and, um, and this was to be a holy place. And what happened with Jesus? He got angry. What did he do? Do you recall? He made his homemade whip. Jesus made a, uh, took some, found some leather straps from someone I maybe who was selling some leather, and he tied them up and made it into a whip. And he went around and was whipping some of these men and turning over their tables. Now, if any, now you want to see anger there it was the lord jesus christ himself got so angry that he flipped over tables he had a whip he was whipping these people to get out of the temple this is my father's house and he showed extreme anger at that point and yet what do we know about jesus he never sinned he never sinned so that act we call righteous indignation as you've heard that phrase used before righteous indignation you had jesus had every right to be angry and to show his anger what they were doing to god and there are times in our life when someone is uh, is an affront to god and there are things in this world that they are doing in the name of religion in the name of christ but they they are basically uh, they're, they're, they're uh, basically blaspheming God. There are times when it's okay for us to get angry, to have that anger and saying, uh, you know, we want to stop them. We want to do it. Now, we shouldn't take things into our own hands, but that feeling of anger is righteous. If we are angry for the same reasons God gets angry, let's remember that, that I can get angry if I'm angry over the things that God gets angry at. But you know one of the best things for me to get angry at? God's been been trying to tell me this. That one of the most important things that I could be angry with on a daily basis is my sin. Is my personal sin. That when I sin... I think that God would wants me to be angry at for sinning before him and sinning and if it's and the the sin that we commit you know we sometimes we just shove it aside and we don't really get upset about it and oh God forgives God's a God of grace yeah yes he is he does forgive if we confess our sin but I think if the more I get angry at my own sin and, and say, Lord, I am so, so upset with myself and angry at the sin I've committed, and I begin to loathe the sin that I did, 
that will draw, draw me closer to him because I will have God's heart. Because what is the one thing that God gets angry at? Because we see throughout Scripture, we see all the verses that say God got angry. God showed his wrath. What is the one thing that sets God's wrath off? It's sin. And so that should be the same thing that sets my heart off and angry. Whether it's sin in the world or sin in my own life. But I've got to really, but not looking at other people around me in the church and be judgmental. We're not talking about that. We're not talking about you see a brother and sister sin and just turn on them. And just pound them down. We need to love them. Love them back to Christ and and lead them back to a place of repentance. And then restore them. Not to get angry, but the anger... To myself and my own sin, sin, I think, is, is so important. But so Paul makes it clear here. It's okay to be angry for the right reasons, godly reasons, righteous reasons. But we've got to be careful that it doesn't turn to sin. That this anger doesn't turn to sin. Oh, how often uh, we can allow our spirit to get uh, to get the best of best of us and we get that that old nature just gets control of us <clears throat> and i want you to in closing here matthew 5 if you go to matthew 5 with me and this is all the way we control our anger is by the holy spirit walking in the spirit allowing the holy spirit to have control of us that's what it means when paul says be filled with the spirit Matthew 5, verse 22. If we do get angry at someone in the wrong way, Matthew 5, 22, Jesus says this. Verse 22, Jesus says, But I say to you that everyone who is angry with his brother, and that would mean be angry for the wrong reasons, shall be guilty before the court, God's court. And whoever shall say to his brother, Raka, or you fool, shall be guilty before the supreme court. And whoever shall say, you fool, shall be guilty enough to go into fiery hell. If, there, if, if therefore you are presenting your offering at the altar, and remember that your brother has something against you, In other words, there is a problem. You are angry at someone else. They're angry at you, and it hasn't been resolved. And basically, he's saying you're coming. God doesn't want our our offerings. He doesn't want our worship unless we deal with those those situations uh, of uh, where there's a conflict that has not been resolved. He says then, verse 24, leave your offering there before the altar altar and go your way first be reconciled to your brother and then come and present your offering and then present it i have and what's jesus saying he's saying i have got to be concerned about my brother and sister in christ and i got to make sure that i have my attitudes are right with those who are part of the family of god that are my brothers and sisters. 
And if I'm holding, if there's, if there's a problem that I have not resolved, they have something against me, and maybe I've done something to them, or they did something to me, I need to, to deal with that quickly. And if it's anger, deal with it before the Lord, and then go back to that person and, and, and try and resolve it as best as possible. Sometimes you can't. Sometimes we can't fix things with others who will, they will stay angry. They will stay resentful at you and me. And there's nothing we can do, but we can do our part to try and bring an olive branch and bring, bring peace to the relationship. But this week, Satan is going to be looking for opportunities to get you and I to slip up by blowing our cool. And I know it can happen with me and it can happen with any of us and those opportunities are going to come let us be prepared because of what we learned tonight from God's word that we can control ourselves with the power of God and the power of the Holy Spirit and we can control our anger and be angry at the right things and we can have anger but not sin and if we know ahead of time, okay, I'm Lord, help me to be ready when that time comes, when someone shoves me or someone, you know, all of a sudden catches you off guard and you get attacked or something happens, may we suddenly remember what we heard tonight from God's word. Be angry and sin not. Be angry and sin not. Lord, let not the sun go down on my anger. Father, and then when that time comes, the Holy Spirit will keep us calm in the midst of the conflict. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you, Lord. I thank you that you made us the way we are. We have all the emotions that you have because you made us into your own image. So, Father, help us to understand that anger is not a sin, but it's what we get angry with and how quickly we get angry. Father, is what you are concerned about, that our anger would not turn to sin. Give us that wisdom and understanding this week, Father, in those situations, that we might be peacemakers rather than bringing strife. And help us with those relationships, Lord, that we, we might have your wisdom, Lord, to act in a spirit-filled way. And we know that will bring you all the glory. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.